0: Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I'm Dr. Catherine Pang and it's so great to share this time together. (coughs) Welcome to The Living Way, the podcast ministry of the Christian Life Institute and the Christian Life Institute's purpose, to grow Christians forward, to live victoriously as overcomers in but not of the world, through the hope and healing of Christ. If you miss any of our messages, you can find a link and more information on our website at christianlifeinstitute.com. Our podcasts are available on Wednesdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. As we begin, you may want to grab a Bible and follow along as we share scripture throughout our time together. Our message today is titled, Making Meaning of Trials The title for the message today came from a quote by J.C. Ryle, who said, and I quote, Trials are intended to make us think, to wean us from the world, to send us to the Bible, and to drive us to our knees. J.C. Ryle was an Anglican bishop in the 1800s in England, who heard this scripture one Sunday afternoon in church, and I quote, By grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The succession of phrases brought full conviction to Ryle and he said, Nothing to this day appeared to me so clear and distinct as my own sinfulness, Christ's presence, the value of the Bible, the absolute necessity of coming out of the world, and the need of being born again, and the enormous folly of the whole doctrine of the world. As we explore how we, you and I, as Christ's followers can navigate, stand fast, move through, and persevere through trials, we'll examine each one of the statements in Ryle's quote. Trials are intended to make us think. Trials are intended to wean us from the world. Trials are intended to send us to the Bible. Trials are intended to drive us to our knees. Let's begin with the first point. Trials are intended to make us think. What does that mean? Think about what? Pause for a moment and see if you can identify your own responses to those questions. Now let's go to scripture for a solid foundation as we dive into this first point. Trials are intended to make us think. Colossians 3 1-2 exhorts us if then you have been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on things that are above not on things that are of the earth Romans 8 7 for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law indeed it cannot Philippians 4 8 reminds us whatever is true whatever is honorable Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 1 Peter 1.13 urges us, Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Romans 12.1-2 states, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now that we have some scriptural foundation, let's circle back to Ryle's first point trials are intended to make us think before we can think sort through process examine deep dive as we say at CLI and therapeutically we must set our minds on the things that are above from colossians 3:1 we must choose to set our minds on Christ turn our minds off ourselves and set our mind on him as romans 8:7 reminds us if we set our mind on our flesh which is hostile to god We cannot submit to God. It is very hard in our humanness to step out of our flesh. When we are in the midst of trials, challenges, difficulties, temptations, it is very hard to look up. But God, the exhortation is imperative. Look up. If we set our mind on ourselves as Peter looked down while walking on the water towards Jesus, we will surely sink. To walk through our trials, we must look up and surrender, submit into the Spirit, and not allow the flesh to control, direct, or influence our choices. Remember one of our key scriptures at CLI, Galatians 5:16 through 17 and I quote, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Setting our minds on Christ, thinking about his attributes, the truth of who God is according to the truth of his word, will ground you, ground us in him, and allow the Spirit to move in and through you, rather than think on yourself, which is filled with so much flesh, self, and leads us away from the Spirit, as we think upon the truth of christ according to the truth of scripture we can shift into philippians 4 8 and the spirit will move our thoughts to think on whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise which changes our focus the first point intended to make us think is not only to ground ourselves in the truth of who God is, who we are in Him and what He is able to do, but God, to reflect for perspective. When we are in the midst of a trial, it's easy to lose perspective. It's easy to lose our way. It's easy to feel alone and abandoned, but God. The feelings and thoughts of isolation, forgottenness, abandonment, do not equate with truth as scripture grounds us in truth. Remind yourselves, God is with you no matter what. God is at work and has a purpose no matter what. Remind yourself that you must prepare yourself. Thinking intentionally, choosing a focus, setting your mind requires a spirit-led choice. 1 Peter 1.3 exhorts us to prepare our minds, be sober-minded serious in an attitude of humility, desires of seeking, desires of Holy Spirit-led reflection and deep diving, and orienting ourselves in His hope. A hope perspective is not necessarily a feeling. In fact, you may have opposite feelings, but God, with all of these shifts, they begin with a cognitive choice to focus forward, anchor to the truth of God's character and attributes. The purpose of this first point, trials are intended to make us think, is for transformation, to discern the will of God as we read in Romans 12:2, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Thinking is not to think on whatever we deem important. Thinking is not to find what we think we need to find. Thinking is to turn into the transformative power of the Holy Spirit who can facilitate our shifting to the mind of Christ, to thinking on the truth of God, to surrender into His truth so that we can see Him, His will, and even when we don't know a specific will, we know a general truth will, which is obedience, picking up our cross and following after Him. Take a moment and pause the message and reflect on point one. Trials are intended to make us think. Now on to the second point. Trials are intended to wean us from the world. If you're thinking, why do we need weaning from the world? Take a moment and reflect on some of the scriptural truths from the New Testament. As we just read, Paul states in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need weaning from the world because the world will do all it can to conform us to itself, as will people, circumstances, all the externalities of life that pull at us every moment of every day, and which can be very tiring, exhausting, frustrating, overwhelming. We must also remind ourselves that we are not of the world. Just as Jesus said, he is not of the world, as we read in John 17, 16. The flesh focuses on the world. The spirit focuses us on Christ. Here comes an ouch from James 4, 4. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Here comes another ouch from Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The point in the scripture is not the love of money, although the love of anything above God is problematic and is an important topic. It's just not our current focus. For our purposes, it's about a divided heart. If we love the world, we cannot truly, deeply, meaningfully love Christ because our heart, our motives, our attention is divided. And Christ wants us hot for him as we read in Revelation 3:15 through 16. And I quote, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Our next ouch For the christ follower there is no fence sitting that does not mean there will not be times when you find yourself on the fence but god when you find yourself on the fence shift move step off into his grace his forgiveness his love once again hotness is a choice and not a feeling it's a cognitive spirit-led choice to submit surrender pick up your cross and follow after no matter the externalities the trial that does not mean it may not feel seem impossible and be really 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 hard there are times in significant grief and loss trauma and devastation when movement seems impossible this is when crying out to the Lord and choosing a mindset and attitude is so critically important immerse yourself in him and he will meet you in that place with his healing peace We so often do not recognize how the world has seeped into us, and God may allow a a trial as Ryle reminds us to wean us from the world. As we read in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions, is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now take a moment and ask yourself, Are there events, circumstances, externalities in your life that have taken you captive that are pulling you away from God are your desires and wants of the world or of God that does not mean you cannot have material desires just check to see if they are driven by the ways of the world the flesh or others rather than prompted and placed on your heart by God we need to be weaned from the world and sometimes God uses trials to do so second corinthians 4 4 is a great reminder not only to the church in corinth but to you and i today in their case the god of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the image of god let us cry out lord we need to see lord we want to be weaned from the world and further attached to you as you are our vine and we are the branches, as we read in John 15:5, which brings us to Ryle's third point: trials are intended to send us to the Bible. As you may have noted, we have been grounding ourselves in Scripture along our journey in this message. Let's begin with 2 Timothy 3:16: All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. If you are struggling to believe that Scripture is inspired by God and profitable in all ways, please pause the message now. Seek out someone strong in the Lord and the Word to process through your obstacles and struggles. If you do not believe in the truth of Scripture, it will be very hard to anchor into Scripture. This is the same if you struggle with the truth of God's character and attributes as revealed in Scripture as you will be less likely to trust and lean in if you're not deeply rooted, anchored in God's love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, holiness, righteousness, sovereignty, and all of his attributes. If you're struggling with God's character, you may want to read the blog titled What's Holding You Back from April 19th, 2021, and or talk with someone who is strong in the word and in faith. When we are feeling lost, overwhelmed, distressed, in the midst of a trial of any type, the urgency of grounding in scripture cannot be overemphasized. This is why at CLI we have as our second module infusion. Infusion is all about God's word as nourishment for our soul, rehydrated through the loving living water of Christ. We learn to read the Bible cover to cover without off-roading as we refer to it at CLI taking in through the ingestion, intentional prayerful reading of God's word and its foundational truths as we read in 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17. We learn how to build spiritual core stability through gleaning from God's transforming truths and allowing them to heal us and teach us to live practically in but not of the world. In infusion we advocate moving the bookmark. This means we begin in Genesis And we pray, then read. We may read one verse, one chapter, several chapters, an entire book or more. Infusion is not a time for commentaries, deep exploration, theological exploration. The purpose of infusion is to take in the word of God, preferably through reading with a pen and a highlighter, circling words that pop at you, highlighting phrases that pop at you, making notes in the margins as the Holy Spirit places thoughts on your heart. Yes, you can write in your Bible. We advocate interacting with the Bible rather than listening or using an electronic device so you can see it, feel it, touch it, interact with it. This is not to say that other mediums are not valuable. They are. Yet we want to learn to sit with the Word, turn the pages, move the bookmark from Genesis to Revelation over and over again to infuse, immerse ourselves in the truth of His Word, to know Him, to grow in Him for conviction, for training in righteousness. When we are infused with his word, we are equipped to stand firm and have the Holy Spirit bring to mind scripture that we need most in the midst of the trial. In John 14:26, we read Jesus's words. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So what can we glean so far? When we find ourselves in the midst of a trial however you choose to define a trial make a cognitive choice to look up to set your mind on christ to remind yourself he is with you he is sovereign god and he always has a purpose even when we cannot see or understand as his ways are not our ways as we read in isaiah 55 8-9 pause and turn into god Use the model of the Psalms to cry out to the Lord and deep dive into the Lord. Though I may not know what you have in this, but God, I choose to deep dive, to search, reflect, to cry out from Psalm one thirty nine twenty four. see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting from the NIV or point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life from the NLT. Let us think, reflect, search, and not fear his loving gentle and mercy filled conviction. In this process we will draw nearer to him and in such find ourselves moving away from the world and the flesh, weaning us from the world. In such reflection and weaning we find ourselves drawn more and more into the word of God for comfort, encouragement, perspective, hope and healing which brings us to Ryle's last point trials are intended to drive us to our knees the metaphor driven to our knees is a posture and attitude of prayer paul reminds us in first thessalonians 5 17 to pray without ceasing paul's message to live in an attitude of prayer an attitude of moving through your day seeking the lord in all facets of your day once again, this is not intended for condemnation if you move through your day without conversing with God, but God. It's a reminder to learn to move through your day conversing with God, often with an emphasis on listening and waiting for His still, small voice. E.M. Bounds, an author we recommend at CLI for his works on prayer, writes, and I quote, Bounds suggests that prayer has inherent in its meaning devotion, communion, fellowship, enjoyment access how are these characteristics alive in your prayer life bounds also writes and i quote the whole force of bible statement is to increase our faith in the doctrine that prayer affects god secures favor from god which can be secured in no other way and which will not be bestowed by god if we do not pray take a moment and consider this question How can prayer lead you to surrender your care to the Lord and choose to turn into rejoicing in the Lord always, as we read in Philippians 4.4? When we are in the midst of a trial, it is often easy to not know how to pray or even be able to pray. This is where Romans 8.26 is very helpful, which says, and I quote, Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When we don't know how or what to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us. We can, as Paul says in Ephesians 6.18, pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Prayer is foundational in the life of a Christ follower. Prayer is our means of communication with the Lord. Prayer is powerful and reminds us of the greatness of God and the infinite possibilities that can flow from the hand and heart of God. We can be comforted by the truth of Psalm 34:17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their tra- troubles. Trials will come. We are to be patient in tribulation in trials romans twelve twelve reminds us to rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer romans 5 1 through 5 provides perspective when we read therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of god Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It is very hard to rejoice in times of distress. It is very hard to see at all in times of distress. This is why we must remind ourselves that when in trials, we are apt to lose perspective. It is hard for us to see, to discern, to find a way, which is why we need the way Christ himself so desperately and why our infusion is so crucial so that when the storms come, we are saturated with his word and can lean into the spirit as we are often so depleted in times of trial. Let us in times of trial remind ourselves, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, from 1 Peter 4.12. And to recall that God has equipped us to move through by deep diving, reflecting, resting in him, and noting that a trial has a purpose, even if we cannot find one or see one, and provides us with a time to ask, How do we need to be weaned, detached from that which has entangled us, snared us, to send us to the Bible, and drive us to our knees? Bounds writes, and I quote, prayer is not a picture to handle, to admire, to look at. It is not beauty, coloring, shape, attitude, imagination, or genius. It is neither poetry nor music. Its inspiration and melody come from heaven. Prayer belongs to the spirit, and at times it is possesses the spirit and stirs the spirit with high and holy purposes and resolves. Let us purpose to pray and persevere through the power of the Holy spirit within all seasons and all trials in our lives. The purpose of the Christian life Institute is palpable. We want all who profess Christ to taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, eight to truly deeply, intimately, and personally want Christ to be your all in all. We pray this is a time of refreshment and growth. We value your prayers. We value your support. We welcome your emails. Please feel free to email us at radio at christianlifeinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us for The Living Way, presented by the Christian Life Institute. Our podcasts are available on Wednesdays. Please subscribe to our mailing list on our website, christianlifeinstitute.com, to receive notifications about our podcasts, blogs, and other events at CLI. I'm Dr. Katherine Pang. Thank you so much for joining us today.